All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 84 of the Kiss FAQ podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. And joining me today is Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss, and Daniel, Wheeze on the board. And Ken will be along shortly when he's good and bloody ready. Um, Let's just talk a little bit of news first. I'm doing ads at the moment for, obviously, the forthcoming Odyssey book. So let me just get this out of the way first. Gene Ace Peter and Paul is now available internationally as a hardcover. I wasn't going to do it, changed my mind because I was able to, so it's now up on Amazon Germany, um, Amazon UK. It should be showing up on Amazon Australia domestically, so you guys aren't going to get screwed by those high postage charges, um, and Canada, and it's already up in the US, so that one's out. And as some people will know, Odyssey coming out on the 16th, the distributor screwed up and let 27 copies out. So some people got the, them early. That's also showing up for a pre-order now on most international sites. So Australians and Canadians, keep in mind, it will be showing up domestically for you. That's the whole object to this using this distributor who screwed up so that you guys don't have to order from the U.S. and you know pay 30 bucks postage or whatever the stupid amount of money is that it costs. So that's it. That's the ad. Get that out of the way. There's a book reveal going up on the Odyssey uh, Facebook site today. So let's get into today's topic, gentlemen. And Daniel, this is, I think, kind of uh, a whole bunch of kind of interrogation type questions, isn't it? You know, your first kiss, last licks. And, you know, let's go deep into the fandom of uh, each of us and try and get a better feel for, you know, where people are coming from as kiss fans. And some of the things that they like and some of the things that they don't like. So, let's go. First question. First time you watched a Kiss music video that you thought was badass. Those are the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> Me first, Thor. Yeah, go you. Ahead. you. Okay. Okay. This is kind of embarrassing, but uh, looking back, it, it doesn't seem that cool. But but I remember bringing my boombox in front of the television to record this music video on tape, uh, and it was Tears of Falling. Everything from the first, you know, the first scene when when Paul turns around in slow motion, looks so damn cool, in like a purple, yeah, in a purple tank top. Man, that was cool. To the <clears throat> green gloves, to the erupting volcano. Uh, man, I was taken aback by that vid- video, and uh, it was so cool. Uh, but you have to uh, keep in mind that I wasn't very old. Uh, looking back, it's not that cool. But still, to this day, when I watch, you know, the first scene when he turns around, it kind of, I kind of like it. So that was the first time, and this was back way back in '85. Kind of gets your so, synapses firing, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all those colors. First, go on YouTube and watch the first scene when Paul turns around. It's so cool. What a what an effect. Well, I'm I'm going to immediately jump in there and agree with Daniel because obviously that's the video that made me a Kiss fan. So what's more badass than the one that gets you hooked on the band and you know 
rules your life for the next 30 years. You know, I, I think, you know, what was it, uh, Paul swinging like Tarzan with the volcano background of that stage? Uh, is that the one that he's got the red BC Rich Warlock as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I absolutely loved as a guitar. I mean, back then I was so, I, mm -hmm. I guess, ignorant musically. I didn't know that Blackie Lawless had already used one with Wasp because I was about to discover all that in, in the next year. But in terms of badassness, that was badass to me when I was 14 <laughs> years old. And... You know, here we are, 31 years later, you know, talking about the same band. So, yeah, t you know, talk is down, Lonnie. I, I hope you've got something that's a little bit more badass than Asylum. But uh... I do, actually. And, and, and I was really, really young when I saw it. And it wasn't on MTV because we didn't have we didn't have cable when I was when I was that young. But I saw a video. I saw the Creatures of the Night. Creatures of the Night. I saw the I Love It Loud video when I was a kid, like, you know, late on Saturday night or something like that. And it was, I mean, that the video is still badass to this day. But when I was that young and, and the video is really, really intense. And you're, when, if you're a young fan, and I must have been five or six when I saw it, and it was almost scary to me when I saw it that, you know, you know, at the end, you know, with everybody with the glazed eyes and that, like, you know, the Kiss Army, you know, together. It was really badass to me. I mean, you want to talk about a badass video when you're a young kid and you see that. And it was my, and that was probably my first introduction to Kiss, seeing Kiss on TV. I mean, I, you know, we had had, we had a couple albums and that me and my, my brother and I did, but exactly. <laughs> and, and that was my first experience seeing Kiss on TV was a I Love It Loud video. And it was, I mean, it, and it really, you know, hooked me as a fan that not only are these these cassette tapes that my brother and i have pretty cool but wow this band's freaking incredible i mean yeah because i mean we watched other music videos on on this late night show whatever but we'd never seen anything like that and it was just like holy crap so yeah. that's my badass kiss vid, first badass kiss video i ever saw and it really stuck with me and it was and it was years i mean we didn't have a vcr back then and it was years before i even saw it again but, but you know, it, it, it stuck with it stuck with me, just like just like the asylum video stuck with you guys. Mm -hmm. And it just plant it planted the seeds in me early on. So, yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's a great thing that it lives with you, you know, and that mm -hmm. that I guess is a real measure. Let me just flip this question around. What now would you call a badass kiss video? If you were to think you know, and say, Okay, I thought that was badass back then. Now, video, straight the first one that comes into your mind, what is it? You're not gonna like this one, but uh, it's unholy. That's my favorite. Hey, come on! Video the, the start, all, the start of, of that one, the start of that video is absolutely fantastic. With the, what's it got? The pentagram Everything burning and all that. Yeah, that's it's a dark, mysterious gene. It has never looked cooler without the make the makeup. That's the one you play when you're at a party. The unholy video. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it's not a matter of me not being a gigantic fan of that album. Come on, that song is aggressive, you know, really, um, you know, different sort of kiss attitude. So, you know, it, it leaves an impression, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. come on, that those visuals are absolutely fantastic, and I'm yeah. sure I'm sure Lonnie appreciates uh, the comments. Absolutely, about Daniel and I have an alliance, the <laughs> uh, <laughs> <A> kiss alliance. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, I, I, that that's my bad. I mean, that's a when you said what strikes as a badass video today, that's the first thing that popped in my head too. I think still, 
resonates yeah. with me as well. It's just like, cause I remember, I still remember the first time I saw that and it was just like, God, they're back. And it still sticks with me to this day. Well, that wasn't the first one that jumped into my head. And the one that does as, you know, kind of like the ultimate kiss in some ways, and it might be seen as sacrilegious, because, again, it's non-makeup, it's revenge air, and it is, uh, what, Santiago 94, that bonus disc off Kissology. Oh, that's that, just, that's cool. That whole damn video is just yeah, one, yeah. one of the most badass performances. They they look tough. Again, it's revenge air. when he rolls his eyes and sticks out the yeah. tongue and becomes a demon once again. Ooh, I you like know, it. You know, my wife, who is not, she'll go with me when they come to town or, you know, like went with me out to Vegas because it was a trip or whatever. And she's not a big Kiss fan at all. But I was watching that one day and she's just sitting there playing on her on her phone or her laptop. And I'm sitting there watching it. And she goes, you know, they really sound good there. And that was like maybe the only time she's ever commented in a positive way about the band to me. <laughs> so, I mean, I think whether you're a big Kiss fan or not, I mean, they just sound they're so freaking tight and so incredible in that video. And as much as, yeah, yeah. you know, as successful as the reunion tour was, and it's in my mind, it's still a shame that that lineup didn't get another chance to. Yeah. Just, th- from, just from, really from, push from, forward from, again. From what I remember, they, they uh, had black Sabbath and Slayer yeah. as opening bands. So they had to pick it up and they had to play some hard metal tunes. And that I think, uh, you know, made them play the way they did. Black Sabbath and, and Slayer, they had to do something special after those bands. And, I, I think and, it was fun that they headlined back in 94 because no, no one really cared about them. But I guess they didn't care about Black Sabbath or Slayer either at that time. No, it, it wasn't it wasn't Ozzy fronting Black Sabbath either at the time. No, no, no. no it was so. some other guy. Right. Tony Martin or someone. Yeah, 90, 94, that would be Tony Julius. Martin. Yeah, now Julius I get to, is a historian, he knows. Yeah, now, now, I get to, now I get to say what I was trying to say. Uh the South American crowds. I mean, just think of the energy. You've mm. got you've got that energy as well. You see it in Europe in some of the places uh, at yeah. the festivals, like Wacken. Um, you know, the German. America crowds. seems America seems so lame when you watch concerts from from America. They're all like you stand there with because we're all like this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's all like Pepsi Clear. It's like diet diet metal. You know, it's uh, decaf- decaffeinated versus the South Americans and the Europeans. I gotta say, you know. Even those concerts where there's mosh pits and all that crap, you know, it doesn't hold a candle to the energy that I can even feel on those videos just seeing that. All right, th- that drives right into the next question. So, you know, first time you attended a concert fe- featuring a popular band and you felt, wow, this is nothing like a Kiss concert. I mean, who is like the antithesis, the opposite of a Kiss concert for you? Daniel, let's go straight there. Well, actually, I remember bringing my girlfriend to a show in Stockholm. It was at the stadium. Uh, 35,000 people sold out. And it was Metallica. And they play. I, I like Metallica. But nothing was happening. They are stood there. And I can't stand that fucking drummer, even though he's Scandinavian. Thinking he's the star of the band, crawling all over the stage. And then he played out of sync. Uh, and all that but but, uh, it was dark yeah but it was kind of boring and i remember my girlfriend we had seen kiss a few years previously and and she like she told me i i think i I, i'll go to the bathroom for a while but she did she just walked around she was so bored and 
I don't know if it's sacrilege to say this, but I think Metallica, when I, I saw them, was nothing like a Kiss concert. Not even close. Not even... Even though Paul can't sing that good and everything, Paul uh, Kiss kicked Metallica's ass big time. And uh, that was my... I, I was surprised myself because I like Metallica. But I was just bored when I saw the concert. So Metallica for me. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the first things that you really notice is how much charisma the whole of Kiss, regardless of the lineups, you know, and, you know, even Bruce grew into the role and had a stage presence, whether it was standing still in the beginning and later on, he certainly got more into it. But Gene has a very powerful, well, he's a powerful and attractive man, of course. Um, <laughs> Paul Stanley is, of course, the star child, yeah. whether he's wearing makeup or not. He has an incredible presence and knows how to work an audience. You know, he, you know, he's in the Freddie Mercury school of he'll have you in the palm of his hand, you know, how he wants you. And I was, you know, I was you know, always surprised when I saw Gene Simmons on that South American tour a few years back. He was there with Sebastian Bach and uh, a few other guys. Mm -hmm. And Gene Simmons was the best frontman of them all. <laughs> I'd never thought about it, but he has some sort of presence. But he, you know, when you have Paul Stan on stage, he's always he always comes in second place. But uh, he really he has something. I would love to see a solo tour from Gene at some point. Oh, I would absolutely love that, Lonnie. Yeah. What would be yours as a, as a well, concert? I I was thinking about this one, and I'm like, I was trying to think of, you know, I saw Kiss for the first time in '96 on the reunion tour. And I'm trying to, I was trying to think back of concerts that I saw like after that because I was like at the height of my Kiss fandom like when I first saw them in 96. And I was thinking, well, who else did I see in 96? I saw Ozzy a couple months later in 96. And Ozzy was really, really bad that night. <laughs> and he, I, I, I think he was really messed up that night. And he only played, he came out and they played for about, 45 minutes he went off stage and they did like this extended solo he came back out and they did like two more songs and he goes okay we're gonna do one more song and my brother and i are like what because kiss played you know on the reunion tour kiss played a long time on that reunion tour if you remember um and ozzy hardly played they hardly played maybe a little over an hour and we we're just and and he sounded terrible i mean his band was good um he, he's always had good bands with his with his solo tour i mean you could tell just when they were up there jamming that they were really, really good. And I, f I forget who was all in the band at that time. I think the bass player in Metallica now was, was his bass player at the time. And um, I think it was Joe Holmes on guitar. But anyway, they were they, and they were good. But it was just like we walked away and we were just like we, we had, and we had seen Kiss like a month before that. We just walked away. We were kind of like like felt like like we got ripped off. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, we've all kind of walked away from concerts, I think, before kind of feeling like like that wasn't worth the money that I spent. And that was right. At, it was right after I saw kiss for the first time. And I was just like, you know, after seeing the reunion tour and then going back and seeing Ozzy and, and I love Ozzy and I've seen him a, ton, a bunch of times live. And I was just like, I just did not live up to my expectations at all. And, and, I, and we've all walked away from multiple concerts like that, but I was trying, trying to think of like the first time I walked away comparing it to a kiss show. And that was it. And it's just like, I was so disappointed, but I've seen him. I've seen him since then, and I'm not trying to bad about Ozzy because I've seen him since then. I saw him, you know, with Black Sabbath, and I've seen him at solo since then, and he's been a, a whole lot better. He was either he was messed up that night or sick that night or 
or I was, or I was just so amped up on Kiss that no matter what I saw a couple of weeks after seeing Kiss was going to yeah. live up to it. You know what I mean? And that could be it more than anything. That's cool. cool. Mine is going to be Motley Crue, and ah, I love, I love the crew. And always have. They were again that band I got into right at the same time I got into Kiss, same day, same month, you know, same year. So, you know, I saw them several times, but I think I'm going to bag on them for the tour, which for me, um, they were trying to out Kiss Kiss at. Mm-hmm. On a Kiss tour, you know, they had a better, you know, kind of stage set up and everything. They had, you know, better effects, but it was just so transparently, you know, we're, we're trying to do, we're, we're trying to outdo Kiss. And, you know, I, I was like, you've got all the elements there, but it's not as exciting as Kiss. And you're not pulling it off like Kiss. It's just like, it, it was just like imitation, and it, it wasn't even imitation in the form of flattery for me, you know. And you know, obviously, I've seen them, you know, with various lineups, various drummers, and it was just like, uh, okay, guys, this is not. Kiss still came out afterwards and did their Kiss Light show and blew the blew them out of the water because it was. It was you can't like, swear on this show; it doesn't matter. It, it was like it was the real thing, and sometimes I I feel like Motley did blow Kiss out of the water, but I think they were just. They were just copycatting, and I was like, wow, you didn't really do what you could have done while touring with Kiss to really come across a wow factor. So, I saw them back in 05, I think. They were on some kind of, uh, was it a reunion tour? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that was like a reunion tour for them. I saw them, they headlined Sweden Rock Festival, and that's about one of the greatest gigs I've ever seen. They were great back in '05, and then a few years later, you know, Vince couldn't sing and all that. So, that's um. But back in '05, they were still great. Yeah, I saw them uh, in a one or or '99 or somewhere back then. I can't even remember. Yeah. It was back when Samantha or you know the, the girl. It was 2000. You know, the girl on drums. Uh, they were touring with the Scorpions, I think. Yeah, and, it was 2000. And you know they were absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. then. You know, and Vince had energy and charisma, and instead of waddling around the stage, you know, having maybe angina attacks, only able to sing half the lyrics. I mean, he's always only really sung half the lyrics, but he had presence, and that made yeah. up for everything negative. And yeah, you know, I, I love Mick Mars. I mean, I can just go and watch Mick stand there and do nothing on stage, just stand there looking evil, playing evil riffs, and I, you, I, lo- I love it. Have you heard the songs he's done with uh, John Karabi? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Rude, that can be something. aggressive, mm-hmm. yeah. MC94 Part 2. You know. yeah. Mick, Mars, Mick Mars always loved the 94 record they did that no yep. one bought. But, I, but yeah. I kind of like that one. It doesn't really sound like the crew, but it's a great, it's a great record. record. Yeah. That, that's, uh, again, one of my guilty pleasures. Something like Smoke yeah. the Sky is a fantastic yes. rock Smoke song. Smoke the Sky! Yeah. Ooh, great. Yeah. All right, let's get into the next one. The first Kiss book that you read and your reaction oh, to it. Fuck. Lonnie. First Kiss book that I read was Chris Lent's book, Kiss and Cell. Um, bought it. Good first one to read. I bought it, you know, right during the reunion tour. I was just, you know, because it had that, the reun- that reunion tour picture on the cover, you know, and it's just trying to scrape and find any anything kiss I could get my hands on at a time. And that was the first kiss, real kiss book that I, that I find and, and, and read it. And I've read it multiple times since then, but that's a, that's a very 
insightful book, you know, especially when you're learning and, and just trying to gain any kind of more knowledge that you could possibly have about the band. That was, it made me, a, it, it opened up my eyes to a lot of things and, you know, and, and I think it opened up their, our, everyone's eyes to a lot of things. The first time they read that, like, wow, I didn't know this was going on behind the scenes, you know, during the dynasty tour or, you know, with Peter leaving the band and everything else it was, it's fantastic. And I think we've all read it, but and I'm not, and I'm not, I don't think I'm going to turn anyone onto the book because I think anybody that's watching this has read that book more than likely, but yeah. it's fan, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, I've, I've read it a couple times since then. It's, it, that book was fantastic. Yeah, you know, I, I I gotta second that. If you want the different sort of look into the band that you can only really get from someone like Chris, you're not gonna get the look in from that side from Bill O'Coin now that he's gone. Chris gives you the business side of the band. He's also got an incredible memory. We've interviewed him a couple of times, and he's just been absolutely incredible with what he recalls. So, you know, great stuff. Daniel, what was yours? Well, my first one was this one. It, it's called uh, 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 Still on Fire. I think it was written by a couple of Swedish guys uh, that runs uh, that run the uh, Kiss Army International fan club in Sweden. And uh, it was cool because it had a lot of pictures from mainly the 80s, but good look. I don't know if you see this. Um, there's a video on YouTube uh, when they flicker through the, the book. Great pictures, and back in the day, you didn't get high-quality photos and, and pictures that easily. So this was very welcomed. Uh, I think I read it back in 89, 90. It came out in 88. It's, it's, uh, have you read the one, this one? Oh, yeah. Still on fire. Yeah. No. That was, that was going to be my pick. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The information is it wasn't. It's, it's like a summary of their career mm -hmm. up, up until 88. Nothing, from what I remember, there were, were no surprises. But I like the photos. I like um, the way they focused, of course, on Scandinavia and Sweden. These guys have a lot of cool pictures from, like, the Asylum tour. Uh, they went over to America, the Swedish guys, and took a lot of pictures and met the band and so just for the uh, pictures alone, I think it was a great read, but uh, the material wasn't that spectacular. Uh, but it was my first read, and I read it a few, th um, a few times. And I don't remember if it was in Swedish or English. Maybe it wasn't English. I think the first version was in Swedish, and then the English one came out. Because I, yeah. I had it in English, and I, I think I got mine around 1990 in England, so, you know, on one of our visits there. And what I always liked about it, you know, as a, a new fan, even back then, I was still a, a newbie, you know, it just had a nice broad overview of the history. It was very well put together. And, you know, I, I guess for my pick, I'm, I'm going to change it up and go with Dale Sherman's Black Diamond. Just mm. because. Just because um, That's great, too. Just because it was the, the first real, for me, um, biography of the band. I know there'd been the Robert Duncans and the other books in the 70s, but they weren't around you know, easily then. So what was that? 97 ish, you know, on, on the tail, on the coattails of the reunion, you get the book. Uh, and for me, I mean, obviously I've cited Dale many times as an inspiration for the kiss album focus and everything that came later. I read black diamond. I'm like, okay, well there are these little areas. I want more detail. 
I want to dive in and go into these areas of the history that you can't put into a book that's been published because there's always someone saying, well, you got to cut 40,000 words out. Well, that's why I did mine, you know, solo, so I didn't have to cut everything and obviously didn't have to edit. Uh, you know, God help me. So Black Diamond for me <laughs> was the first proper um, biography on the band that I read. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It inspired me to do stuff. And, you know, I, I got that before I even got Kistory. So, you know, it, it was more of an in-depth one than, you know, Still on Fire had been. Still on Fire yeah. was more of a kind of like a fan book, a, yeah. you know, a, a picture book. You know, it, it's a little bit of everything. I like the, the discography in the back and all that and, mm -hmm. and the reference material that it has. You know, it straddles, you know, a whole bunch of different purposes. So, you know, great, and that's a great pick. But, Dale, you know, you're still an inspiration to me. <laughs> all right, next mm -hmm. question is... Yeah. The first Kiss song you learned how to play on an instrument, if you play an instrument, that is. And Lonnie, I can't remember. Do you even play anything? I I, I play guitar, but not very well. Would just say that. <laughs> but the first Kiss song I learned how to play on guitar was was Cold Gin. Oh yeah. So it, you know it's 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 not a hard riff to learn how to play. So I remember Still taking cool. and I was I I took guitar lessons for a while and I you know we're and uh, I went into my instructor, and he's like, well, what do you, you know, we, we do scales and things like that, that you would do that. He goes, and then, like, the second half of the lesson, you know, we'd learn how to play a song. Well, you know, you knew I was a big Kiss fan. I was like, well, you know, let's, you know, work on something we can figure out. And we, we worked on Cold Gin, you know, and, you know, we, and then we ended up playing it together. And it was, you know, it really gets your, gets you fired up and learn how to do that. And you're actually doing it yourself. So it was fantastic the first time I learned how to to play that not ver it's still not very well but you know it's still fun to do so that was that was mine it's cold gym that's for daniel at cold gym was one of my early ones as well uh, i still enjoyed playing it to this day that's a cool riff one of my top five mm -hmm. riffs uh but the first one uh, for me was the one of my favorite songs back in the day heavens on fire it's kind of a boring song when you think about it to play it's mainly you know, G, G, D, D, G, yeah. But it was easy to learn how to mm -hmm. play. So that was, was the first one I learned. And when we tried to play it, it never sounded quite right. Even though we played it to perfection almost, but we never have found a singer that sounded even close to Paul Stanley's version of Heavens on Fire. And uh, I've never heard a cover song of Heavens on Fire that's even close. I mean, he is fantastic. On Animalize, Paul Stanley. My God, I missed that voice. So yeah. that was my first one. Heaven's on Fire. I can't remember what mine was because I was very... Whenever I had a guitar, it was always a matter of um, very riff-oriented. So I diddle around with Detroit Rock City. I'd mess around with Come On and Love Me. I, I vividly remember The Oath. Uh, but I, I, I think the one that I, I could actually play properly and again it's rhythm not lead because i'm not a lead player and that is uh she always loved yeah. playing along to that and aces rip it out so you know any one of those and i just got a bass this year finally and the first one i went for that with that was hundred thousand years so <laughs> that one's i, I always like that's, that's, a good, that's a good one for bass she was always a favorite among uh, here in Sweden, we, we play that one around always because uh, you had the different parts. No part is really hard to play, but 
when you put it all together, it's really fun to play. Yeah, it, it's so, got it's got so many okay. textures, different styles. Yeah. It, it's yeah. you know, it's a little bit dark as well. So you know, it, kind of brooding music. I love playing. I, you know, I'll still rip into that. You know, when I'm messing around, I, I usually play my guitar for a couple hours a day, and just I'll end up going into some Kiss stuff just for the hell of it. So. Yeah, it's great. It's cool to play on drums as well. Unless you're Lars. <laughs> Fucking second, guy. Second shot at Lars today. It's a shame Scandinavian. All right, here we go. Next question. The first time you brought something Kiss-related, or bought something Kiss-related, that was too expensive for a sane person. Well, shit, I mean, that could be so many things by this point. But let's go back to the first time. Lonnie. The first time. Yeah, that's, that's the key word. This is the first time I bought something that people are like, Really? You spent how much on that? <laughs> had, to have been, had to have been history for me. Because, yeah. I mean, because when I bought it, I guess I bought it in 96, 97. It was, you know, 150 bucks and I'm 17 years old. And go back 20 years, $150 in the U.S. when you're 17 years old in 96, 97. That's a hell of a lot of money when you're working part-time at the golf course. So, you know. <laughs> do, you play, do you play golf? No. I'm about, I'm about as good as golf as I am at guitar. <laughs> Which is not not good. So um yeah, I bought I bought Kistry and it was and mine actually came signed by Gene Paul Ace and, and Peter. It was the second edition um that came out it was signed by the original lineup after the reunion. So um I remember Getting that in the, I was still, I was obviously living at home with my mom and dad, and it comes in the mail, and I'm flipping through it. I'm all excited, and my my mom always, always keeping an eye on what I'm doing. Is like, how much did that cost you? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I told her, she's like, I can't believe you spent that much money on a book. And like, oh no, mom, this is really cool, and it's signed. How do you know that's even their signature? It's like, it's it's now. <laughs> Just trust me on this. But, yeah. That, and, that was, and that was a lot of money. I mean, for sh- at the time, for sure. So that... I rem- and I remember telling my friends that I bought it. They're like, I can't believe you bought that book for that much money. I mean, and, and obviously, it's no whatever... Ten, whatever, five grand, whatever they're charging for the monster book now. Whatever they were charging for that. But... And, and I said, even a couple years ago, that monster book came out. If they would charge... Maybe a couple hundred bucks for it, as much as they were, you know, promoting it. That oh, and I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, okay, it's probably going to be about like what history cost me, maybe 150, well, maybe 300 bucks even. But it was just, you know, ungodly, you know. I think, you know, but for me, it was definitely history that people were like, really, you spent that much money on a on a Kiss book? Are you even going to read the book? Well, I don't know. I don't want to mess it up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Gotta be, gotta be careful that here the bindings fall apart. History books. <laughs> Little disclaimer. All right, Daniel, how about you? For me, it was I think it was back in '92, somewhere around that that point of time, and uh, I came across uh, a Kiss LP, and by that time, uh, uh, LPs, no one really bought LPs because CDs w- was the new new thing, so. But I remember buying this LP for, uh, I don't know what it is in dollars, but uh, let me think. 500 svenska kronor. How much is that in dollars? 
Is Ken on the way? Yeah. There he is. Hey, Ken. Great. Sorry, guys. Yeah. That's perfect. We're talking about we're, we're talking about the first time people. Uh, the first time we bought something way too expensive. Mm. A sane person would never buy it. And my first piece was first kiss, last licks. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Several. Um, okay. uh, where it, it was very very expensive. And it had three autographs. Eric Carr's, Paul Stan... No, not Paul Stan. Eric Carr's, Gene Simmons, and Bruce Kulick. And I bought it for a lot of money. And I showed it to my friends, really proud. You know, look at this. Look at this. And they're like, huh? Yeah, great. Let's All go right. to the Metallica now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's watch Lars Ulrich play drums. Yeah, so they weren't really impressed. Uh, but that was the first time I answered, man... I'm kind of way too interested in this kind of stuff. <laughs> all right. First kiss, last lick. I, and, I, and you know, the, the, the tracks on the album, you've heard them all, so it wasn't really nothing that new. No, it's, demo still, version. It's, it's still really neat, though. Yeah, I still have a copy yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. Mine, yeah. Yeah. Mine's not signed by like, anyone. No. Now, now, for me to pick something that was way too expensive for a sane person to buy... Is really difficult because obviously I've run the FAQ for twenty years, so I'm obviously not sane. Um, yeah, it depends on your definition of sanity. That, that, that really involves a very broad definition of sanity because obviously I did purchase the iVideo, video, um, which I don't think any <laughs> sane. The problem that was, was, was going to be mine for you, actually. Yeah, the the, the problem with that is that uh, you know there are so many live shows that I purchased. There are so many collectibles i think if i have to pick one that and i'll go back to when i was living in england i was uh gloucestershire hereford somewhere around there and i was on the dole did not have a job and i purchased with every pence i could scrounge up 75 quid um the flaming youth ep uh seven inch single the uh, yeah. the, the british one which when you're on the dole you have no money and you're not going to be eating um you spend every last bit of money you have on one collectible. I don't think any sane person would spend no. the, all their living money on one Kiss single, which at that point I didn't even know if it was real. It was just I found a, a guy in a magazine and I sent him my money, all of it, and <laughs> hope for the best. So it was one of those... Set a prayer. And, and so, <laughs> no, I was delusional. I was like, oh, okay, yay! You know? Um, and it arrived, thank goodness, because, uh, and then I sold it. Um, <laughs> so, go figure. Years later, I sold it, and I've regretted it ever since. And I've offered anything up to 500 or more dollars to replace that one, and I've never found another copy in the sort of condition where I'd actually pay for it. So, I think that was probably the first one of very, very many, um, insane things and <laughs> stuff that I've really have not been allowed to do since I got married but I've kind of done it anyway. So, <laughs> Ken, how about you? Uh, has there been a purchase that uh, makes you question your sanity? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot, I think. Uh, <laughs> one would be one would be like the first, uh, the promo copy of uh, the, their first album, the White Label promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was kind of expensive, um, though... I could probably still make a profit on it <laughs> if I wanted to, but uh, that's one. Um, I guess you know, 
Kisteria was kind of a a big purchase for me. Uh, though now with the uh, the albums that are exclusive, right, uh, seem to be selling for uh, more money now. Uh, it's I kind of think well maybe it is was worth it, but still that, that's a large that's a large sum of money to to put down on a, a bunch of Kiss stuff. Um, though I I, lo- I you know I love it, I I enjoy it, and uh, you know I I really don't regret it. But it was kind of a, a crazy thing. I just again I said this before. I justify things like that. It's like well I didn't go to uh, the the Kiss Cruise, so <laughs> that money I would have spent there, I can spend somewhere else, and you know, <laughs> I kind of justify my my purchases. Um, another one. Um, that's the way. That's the way an addict talks. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I think we've all done that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so yeah. another one might be. Uh, <clears throat> I can't even remember how much I paid for it, but it was that. Uh, uh, that hot in the shade promo, you know, the um, little uh, paper, the paperweight. Oh, the the pyramid, yeah. the, the trans. The pyramid, the pyramid yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. I probably could have waited longer and and found for a, a little bit, you know, smaller price, but you know that's good. Um, hey Daniel, you know what? Uh, the first kiss, last licks, which I have, yeah, that was given to me for free. <laughs> no, seriously, it was. Uh, I had a, fr- a friend, uh, <laughs> and and Julie, you know Rasputin music. Uh, yep. Back, it must have been in the early '90s, I think. Uh, my friend had saw it, um, and he he bought it, and and he gave it to me. He knew, you know, he knew I was so into Kiss, and he didn't even make me pay for it, so. It was nice for him what to do that. What a nice guy. Yeah, that's that's cool. Those are yeah. good friends. The, the ones yeah. who, yes. who understand yes. us. And he probably got it for like 10 bucks, I'm guessing, yeah. or, or something like that back then, uh, before people started clamoring for it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it, it's amazing, even in this day and age, what you can find in the stores, you know, for... True. For, for I mean, there was a whole st- bunch of stuff that was dumped in Amoeba a few weeks ago, some of it very good for very low prices and uh yeah it it still happens so all right let's throw you the next question first since you're late to the show um what was the first time you had a reaction from someone that really made it clear to you that your interest in kiss was off the charts (laughs) that's a hard one uh i was getting beaten up in high school (laughs) no i was (laughs) I guess I didn't. I didn't publicize that I was a big Kiss fan uh, in high school. Uh, <laughs> right, smart, smart idea. Smart like, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I don't know. I was getting into them around, like I said, 70, 77. So I was in my uh, sophomore, middle of my sophomore year uh, in high school, and uh, I don't remember. I, I had some friends that were you know they they liked kiss so i was hanging around with the crowd that actually liked kiss uh which was was good i didn't have anybody uh, say anything i'm I'm trying to think of somebody that said what the heck you know 
I really didn't get a lot of uh, backlash on, seven on to seven. kids who are like, why? Are you, you know, maybe, maybe back in uh, one of my jobs, early jobs, uh, uh, I'm sure there, there were some guys that like, what the, you know, they don't play music, you know, that kind of thing you get. And they don't know how to play music. It's all show kind of yeah. thing. And it's like, yeah, you know what? You don't know. You got to give it a chance. You, you know, those people that talk like that, they, they haven't even listened to it. Um, uh, one of my sisters who uh, just probably some years ago, not that many years ago, I, I played her a bunch of uh, old Kiss songs and and she was surprised. She was surprised how many good songs. It's like, oh, I didn't know they did all this stuff. You know, like, well, yeah, it's there. I, I told you, I said, it's there's a lot of good music. And, uh, she, you know, and she's a big uh, Beatles fan. She goes yeah. back to, I mean, that's her number one band. Uh, from good pick, and so yeah, so not too much uh, backlash or anything like that. That someone said you're you're nuts, or they just surprised. They look at me like you you like Kiss, or you know, it's like well, what is a Kiss fan supposed to look like? You know, mm-hmm. I guess it's supposed to be yeah. her makeup. Uh, <laughs> you know. All right, Daniel. How about you? Has anyone ever questioned you that you've uh, oh. you're too much of a fan? Oh yeah. Plenty of times, uh, but I remember the first one. It was when I was—I think it was 11 years old. It was at school, and I wasn't paying attention to the teacher. I was doodling, you know, like Gene Simmons with the tongue and the spikes and everything. And the teacher came over to me—a great teacher, by the way—but this time he was way off. He came over to me, "Well, son," no, he didn't say "son." He said, "Well, boy." You do know what KISS stands for, do you? (laughs) This was some sort of Christian. He was a a Christian. Uh, I'm not. Uh, uh, And he said, and then he starts the whole, you know, knights in Satan's service. And by the way, you also know that WASP is we are Satan's people. So you shouldn't be listening to that kind of stuff. And I said, man. That's make it, that makes it even cooler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At that age, I like it even more now. Thank you. Yeah. That's the first. I remember it so vividly. And by at that time, it's on YouTube. Uh, there was a, some sort of preacher guy leading a, uh, uh, one of the biggest shows in Sweden. And he, he took the editor from OK. I don't, I don't know. Do you know? Have you seen the OK pictures and posters? It was a big magazine in the oh, 80s. Yeah. The editor from that uh, magazine, he was like 18 years old, put him in front of a, uh, you know, Christian crowd and like told him a bunch of questions and they were really harsh on him. And then they said everything about, you know, nights in Satan service and all that kind of crap. And I guess my teacher saw that program and uh, he uh, lashed out on me. Hmm. But it did work. Sounds like the father from the Twisted Sister videos. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, on the kid. How about you? Me, I, I was thinking about this. I mean, I got, I was, I made the joke about about high school and that. And I, after I, I saw Kiss for the first time, I like, I, I actually got a needle and thread and like sewed a Kiss patch on my backpack and stuff like that. I was so proud to be a Kiss fan, and I got. You know, I got teased about it because, you know, the reunion tour, you know, 
some people got it and some people didn't. And if, and if you didn't know what KISS was about, especially at the time when I was in high school, you know, you just, if you don't understand something, well, you, well, you, you poke fun at it. And, you know, I got teased about that, you know, by, by certain people, but no one questioned the height, you know, of my, of my fandom until I guess those are two things come to mind with the, you know, and they were about at the same time that people questioned that, you know, and made me think, well, maybe I'm a little over the top here. And the first time was when I paid for, you know, a meet and greet, which isn't, which isn't cheap, you know, and it, it, it's pricey, you know, and, you know, when was this? When, when was this? Two, 2004 on Rock the Nation tour. Um, um, my brother and I did meet and greet on, on that. And it was, and it was, it was back when those meet and greets were not what they are now. There's only like 12 of us back there. You really got to, you really got to just mingle with the band and, and ask Gene a couple of questions and talk to, to Tommy for a little while. And it, it was really intimate um, experience. It was probably, I've done a couple of them, but that was the best one because there were so few people there. It was really just, you know, now when you do them, it's like they line you up like cattle and you get two things signed by each member of the band. Gene would sit there and sign for me the whole time I was talking to him. It was, I, he didn't care how many things I gave him and he just signed and he'd sign and sign. He didn't care and he'd just, just keep talking to me and sign. And it was fantastic. But it was that when people found out how much I paid for that, they were like, "You're you're paying how much to meet the band?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "That's a little over the top." And then it was about at the same time I got my first Kiss tattoo, nice. which is Kiss Army know. logo on my shoulder. Nice. And I went and got it, and my girlfriend at the time was really not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> she was really not impressed. One that I went and got a tattoo. And yeah, kiss two, tattoo. Kiss and two, two that it was a kiss yep. for me tattoo. <laughs> a kiss tattoo never was, impresses the girls, but the boys, the guys. Yeah, the guys the oh, cool. I don't want to get one on the. Like one of my one of my buddies is like, man, I really want to get the kiss army tattoo on my arm too, but. It, would that look gay if you and I had the same matching tattoos? <laughs> <laughs> so, but but that was like the first time that, that those and those two instances, the tattoo and the meet and greet, were right about the same time. I was in my mid twenties and and people and people were really questioning my fandom at the time. That yeah, I know you're really into the band, but you know some of the things you're doing are really over the top. <laughs> so, yeah. I think for me it goes back to you know when I was becoming a fan again, and I've mentioned how one of my what got me on collecting was having difficulty finding the elder and having to go mail order for the oath single out of the back of a magazine, and that introduced me to the world of money orders that we we never had to had to deal with, and my mom back then you know kind of said well if you're going to all this effort for a band you can and you've got all this money to go and get money orders and send away for uh, mail order stuff i think you can contribute to the household budget and uh start giving me 25 percent of your weekly paycheck um that was really when you know <laughs> kind of eye-opening you know someone reacted to me that i was probably starting to go a little bit uh excessive and of course mm -hmm. parents being parents they have a, a way of bringing you back to reality and you know looking back now as a parent i'm like well okay fine she was perfectly right but fortunately i had yeah. enough money to keep buying shit and uh still kick money into the food budget so uh 
Next question. First time someone openly questioned Kiss and tried to ridicule them to your face. And that one's easy to me. No one's ever ridiculed Kiss. They've always just kind of looked at me like I'm that special sort of special and uh, moved on and changed the subject. Uh, Lonnie, how about you? Um, yeah, I think that uh, I, I, go, I go back to, to the story I was telling a little bit ago when I after I'd, I'd saw him on the reunion tour, um, summer of 96. And then my senior year of high school was fall of 96, spring of 97. And it was really, you know, I was just over the top. And it's when I talked about, it, I sewed like a kiss patch on my backpack. And, and I, I, that was the first time I really got it to my face and people giving me a, you know, a hard time about the band and that, you know, they suck or they're, and get this 20 years ago, they're saying they suck and, Oh, they're old. And that was 20 years ago. Yeah. They're saying that they're old, yeah. and, you know, and, and, you know, I, I can't believe you listen to that. That's just, you know, you know, garbage. Listen to what we listen to. And looking back on it, you know, they were listening to Dave Matthews band and that just sounds like a pile of crap. now. <laughs> so, you know, I think I, at the end of the day, I win, but yeah, I, mean, I, I really, I really got it from people about that. And like we had, uh, I went to a Catholic, all boys Catholic school. And um, one week out of the year, we'd have like spirit week and we'd have like theme days. And like one day was rock star day. So I wore a, a kiss t-shirt, you know, come out. I, mean, I, I didn't care that they gave me trouble about it. Cause like I said, I was proud to be a kiss fan, you know, and I still am to this day, but you know, and I knew I was going to get it. I, I knew driving in the school that day, I'm, I'm going to hear about it, but I don't care because you know what? This is who I am, and, I, and I'm proud of to be a Kiss fan. And I, I think that's a lot of Kiss fans' attitude, though, too. Like, you know, that that we're proud to be Kiss fans, and I I don't care what they say because you know this is my band, and I'm I'm proud of them. And I got it that day, and yeah, I got it all day long about my about my Kiss T-shirt, you know. But you know, I didn't I didn't care because like I it, it was who I am, and I, I was proud of who I am, and I was proud of my band that you know not only were were they back, but they were the, you know, keep in mind too, they were giving me a hard time about them, but they were the number one band in the country at the time with the yeah. number one touring act in 96. So yeah, yeah. I, I always had that to throw back in your face. So yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any such thing as a closeted kiss fan. No, they're often, absolutely not. There are often people that you're surprised are kiss fans, but there aren't any kiss fans who are in the closet. You know, you're, you're either a kiss fan or you're not simple as that. You're out and proud. So Daniel, how about you? Stand up, you don't have to be afraid. I guess you thought of that line when you came with a t- Kiss t-shirt. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's the main thing with Kiss. They have a lot of great lyrics to make you believe in yourself. That, that's one of the things I like with Kiss. What was the question all over again? <laughs> I don't remember the question. You know, the first time uh, someone openly questioned Kiss and tried to ridicule yeah. it into your face. Okay. And survive. There's a big... There's a big problem being a KISS fan in Sweden, because KISS, you know the word KISS, it means actually urine in Swedish. <laughs> like piss. So it was, yeah, piss. <laughs> so it's really easy to ridicule someone. Ah, are you, are you listening to urine? And then they stand like an, into your ear. <laughs> So that's my first memory of being ridiculed for li- listening to Kiss. Wow. Okay. I like yeah. piss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ken, how about you? 
Um, I don't think I've ever been ridiculed. What? Um, Look at you. I think maybe it's because the other the other the other ones were were smaller than me. Maybe I don't know that, so they didn't want to ridicule. I I don't know. Yeah, I think show, uh, show us your guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, uh, because you can't tell on the screen size that you're really eight feet tall. Right. I'm maybe tall. No, no. He's a beast of a man. I'm not that big. But, uh, <laughs> no, that's. I mean, that's just like me. You know, no one's ever it's, really ridiculed me. So no, uh, about no, yes, they ridiculed me about other things, but not that. So let's move into the first, the next question then for you. And uh, what's the first time you understood that you had managed to brainwash someone into liking a Kiss song? Has that ever happened to you? That you played a song for someone who didn't know it was Kiss and they liked it, and then they're like, "Oh shit, that was Kiss." Oh, uh, maybe. Um, I, I would think it probably meant the the first person that I I got into Kiss, um, a friend of mine who I. Th- told the story once before but they were into sticks and some other stuff and uh i said you know Mm-mm. you know <laughs> shouldn't be listening to sticks this is what you should be listening to and i i pull out the albums and i probably played i'm gonna say i probably put on rock and roll over or something like that uh as an example and uh i said you know you know listen to this this is this is good hard rock, and uh, I think that person uh, really didn't pay attention to Kiss before that at all, really. Um, and it's kind of like opened their eyes, like, oh, wow, <laughs> this is pretty good, you know. And they became a pretty, uh, pretty, pretty uh, good Kiss fan at that time. They were into it. Um, so, yeah, that was about it. Uh, just kind of, I would call it more of recruiting. As you know, my first Kiss Army fan club thing said, you know, you, you're something about a statement on there on the card about recruiting, or you know, promoting the Kiss you know name um, for the Army. But uh, yeah, that was my first uh, Kiss recruit, I mm. guess you could say. Good one. Yeah, and I, I don't have anything to say on this one because I've I've never never had to brainwash anyone. I mean. I, I'd be, I, I'm an asshole, so I'd more likely play them read my body. And, uh, you know. <laughs> right, rise your heart. Yeah, yeah, rise your heart. There you go. Daniel, what, what about you? And do I, I think do it's happening. What? I was just going to ask you. I have to tell you the question again. <laughs> I'm with you now. No, it's happened plenty of times, I think. But the last one, the last time it happened was actually with my girlfriend. I think it was we've been together for like 15 years, and I'm not kind. Of, I'm not into the. I'm like Gene in the old days. I'm not into the marriage thing, so I, we're not married. We we have been together for 15 years, have three kids, and she always says, "Well, maybe we should get married." Yeah, I don't know. What I say, and then she says, "Well, just imagine this: we go to Las Vegas." We have Elvis as the priest. That's okay with you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they play forever when we go in. For do you know forever? Yeah, yeah. You played it like a million times. <laughs> okay, nice. Managed to brainwash you. You're like yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's that's really cool, Lonnie. What about you? Um, it's happened a couple of times. Um. Girl, I was dating in high school when Kiss came back on the Lost Cities tour. 
she uh i was going with my brother i went to that show with my brother and his wife and they're like and you know i was all fired up to go see him again like i i saw her like the day before well, actually i saw her the day of the show and she came over and she 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 gave me some money i go what's this for she's get me a t-shirt tonight and i'm like really <laughs> and she's like yeah i want i want I, I want a shirt not i don't want a shirt from the mall i want a shirt from the show and i was like that's really cool and i'm still friends with this girl this day so and i always remember that it was really cool but like daniel the, the last time it's happened for me is like when you talk about brainwashing <laughs> is as i guess is that i play kiss at home all the time <laughs> and you know if i'm barbecuing and i'm, I'm sitting with my wife and she all of a sudden she starts singing along to the kiss song that's playing and then she looks at me and she goes, I really hate you. Look what you've done to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's the better example of brainwashing is like I just drilled it into her head since we've been together. And she's just like, God, I hate you. Then all of a sudden I know all these Kiss songs. I, I think I'm more likely if I'm playing Kiss at home, uh, my wife comes in, you know, the knife appears Turns in her off. hand. Yeah, her, the knife appears in her hand rapidly. <laughs> Or the headphones go on. Simple as simple as that. You know, my, my wife does not like Kiss and never will. We we just fortunately we both like Queen, so we leave it there. There you go. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit into uh, you know another uh, another section of these questions that we've come up with. Okay, what was the first time that you missed a former member of the band? Mm. Ken, I would say uh, <clears throat> the first time would be. I would say, you know, I, I miss, I can say I miss Peter Chris, but <clears throat> I think, uh, I think the, the real one was for me was I missed, uh, I missed Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> you guys not going to believe that. You, you missed him. What were you throwing at him? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was throwing the knife. Um, but no, uh, you know, I could have said, like I said, Peter Chris, yeah, he was he was gone, and but Eric Carr took over so well that I didn't really miss Peter Chris so much, and I only been you know into the band a couple of years at that time, so uh, it didn't make too much of a difference for me. And then, uh, but when I guess you know, I guess it would be missing truly, it would be missing Ace um, when Ace was gone and I was at the Creatures show, the Creatures uh, live shows, and here's, you know, Vinnie Vincent, which is a great, you know, guitarist. Uh, I missed I missed Ace's solos. I missed, because uh, basically Vinnie butchered Ace's solos uh, live. Um, he didn't stick to them majority of the time. Maybe he would stick to about 10% of the solo and then the rest was all Vinny. So I, I missed Ace uh, not being there for his solos and just the way he was on stage, you know, you know, his, the way he would walk sideways and <laughs> he walked on a lean. He was always like walking like this and it's like, he's going to fall over. <laughs> Somehow he stays up. So I would say it's Ace. Um, I said Vinny. Vinny would be a second because uh, I think, man, they would have been really great, you know, going forward in the 80s 
if he had been there um, because Mark St. John, who replaced him, I, I, that was just so wrong after Vinny. It was just like, okay, whoa. So it's, he went from ace to, uh, you know, to Vinny and then to Mark St. John. We're going, we're going like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, Bruce came came along, and you know he he was great. Um, so it was kind of a at least you know back to some you know better soloing and and more concise thing, just not the crazy non melodic kind of solos that would happen with maybe Mark St. John. So yeah, uh, I think a lot of Ace people miss a lot of people miss Mark St. John. They blinked and his time in the band ha- yeah it happened right. so fast yeah. I, I think the first time i and it's the only time that i've missed a, a former member of the band and it's uh, one that you know i think of regularly and i miss eric Carr. Sim- simple yeah. as that and, sure. and, and that all comes down to his death and his, his passing he was always kind of like a larger than life figure i mean you look at him in the tears are falling video you know just that hair you know and the giant drum kit and yeah. this little guy and you know all through the 80s you just got he, he's such a visual person he, he's a contrast to the other guys in the band and his you know just how he was in, in the light in the concert shots in the the concert clips you know just so animated to lose him you know i, I i've not mourned ace leaving the band for the times that he has since I've been a fan. I've got nothing to say about Peter and Ace originally leaving or Vinny because that all happened before my my tenure, so to speak. I have no problem, you know. I, I don't mourn, you know, Ace moving on and Tommy coming in or Eric and Peter for those situations post reunion. It just doesn't mean shit compared to. I miss Eric Carr. I wish he was still around now. Making, I know he wouldn't be in Kiss, that's for sure. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just would have loved to have seen what he was doing with music, and I'd love to know what he had to think about you know, the Eric and Tommy situation and a lot of the madness that's gone on in the years mm-hmm. and how the reunion would have happened you know, if he'd still yeah. still been with us. So, you know, Maybe that... he'd be... Maybe he'd be torn with Ace right now, as Ace's drummer. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Oh, he probably would have joined I mean, up with Ace I mean, at some point. One, one could only hope. I mean, just think of wouldn't uh, that be amazing? That, that, that would have been, been great. Break out. That that would have been fun. <laughs> Daniel, the first time yeah. you missed a former member of the band. First time was when I watched uh, a concert back in '97, and I heard Peter Chris's drum solo. But I missed Eric Singer. But, uh, and it's happened a few <laughs> times after that. But that was the first time I really felt like, my God, this is nowhere near the way they should be sounding. Uh, after that, it was um, Tommy Thayer playing the Creatures of the Night solo. <laughs> no! <laughs> my yeah. God, what ah! the hell is he doing? And yeah. uh, he, did, yeah. he doesn't do that well. well. That's my two being things. It's not one of his oh, better what ones. The fuck? Learn the solo. It's not that hard. Wait, no, this is the lineup that can play anything. Don't you forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Except for Creatures of the Night. Every, yeah. <laughs> so my, I miss Bruce. It's Bruce. Bonnie. Yeah. For me, it was um, on the Aerosmith tour when they came out and it was and it was tommy instead of ace it was the first time mm. i had seen them that it wasn't all four original guys and 
you know, Peter, Peter was not um, in his prime anymore in 2003 on that tour. And it was very apparent, but just looking at him and, and knowing that it's Peter behind the kit and, you know, there's Paul and Paul really still sounded really, yeah. really good at the time. And, and there's Gene and Gene had lost a lot of weight to that tour. Gene looked really good on that tour actually. Yeah. And then, you know, who, who is this guy over there on, on the right side of the stage? And it's just like, and, and I've, and I've, you know, it, it, and this is 2003, it's 2016 now, you know, I've learned to accept it, you know, and I'm, and I'm fine with it. But at the time I was just like, you know, we're, we're not going to get a smoking guitar solo tonight, are we? And, you know, it, it just, it just wasn't the same to me. And I was just like, God, why isn't he here? It just, it really bummed me out, like during the show that he wasn't there. So you know, but but like I said, I've, I've learned to accept it. And it, but it was just so different at the time. And then when they came back, and you know, and then they came back, you know, only like nine or ten months later, with with Eric behind the kit and not Peter. And it was, you know, um, we're down another uh, another one. It was, but I, I think even by then I had learned to accept it. And I was like, you know what, it's either this or nothing at this point. So. You know what I mean? Either either they're going to continue to tour with with Tommy, and then Eric, and I, and I and I think most of the people, including myself, were more accepting of Eric coming in because Eric had a previous history with the band, and okay, well, you know, and, and they oh, and they're playing Unholy, and they're playing God Gave Rock and Roll. These are playing some songs that Eric played on on Revenge, and that I was more accepting of Eric coming into the band. Um, but I, I think, especially by the time they came back around in two thousand four, I'd, I'd come to the acceptance that you know it's either this. Or it's nothing because they'd already gone on the farewell tour. Um, it's either we continue on with this version of Kiss, or, or there is no Kiss. So I'll I'll take more Kiss shows, and you know I'll I'll take this lineup for what it is. So so that but, le- but, that, that, but at that, the time it was depressing. That totally leads then into the next question of uh, what was the first time that you were disappointed in Kiss, and 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 you go with that, Lonnie. I mean, continue. Your- that was the first time. I, that was the first time I was disappointed with Kiss. Yeah, I'm sitting there and I'm like. So this isn't it just wasn't the same and when so, i i think about i think back on kiss shows that i've gone to that one is and i, and I like i rank you know, like we've all done we like rank them in our mind what's the best kiss show i ever saw you know what's this one <laughs> this one what's the worst kiss show i ever saw i just remember being there and being bummed out that he wasn't there yeah. so that's the first time they disappointed me was when was when we went into this transit that was you know this transition phase of of morphing from the original lineup into the, the lineup that today. I think for me, you know, the first time I was disappointed in Kiss, it's amazing that I actually have been a Kiss fan in that, you know, becoming a fan with Asylum, and I was immediately disappointed in Kiss with Crazy Nights. What the fuck? Still <laughs> I think you stole Daniel. Did I? Yeah. Uh, Daniel are, are, are we just agree with one another again, Daniel? It's it's fucking amazing. I, I'll, let, I'll let you drive. You're going to say the same things I do, so go with it. Not you and Daniel. I, re- I, I remember buying the Crazy Nights records, fueled up, you know, <laughs> having listened to Asylum and Animalize, buying the crazy, kind of a cool cover, putting it on, having my friends around me. I was like 12. This is gonna rock. <laughs> and it started. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> no, no, no! I was terrified. It was. <laughs> you know, I had gathered my friends. You know, 
Now you're going to look into a cool fucking album. This is the best we're ever going to hear. It's Kiss! Put it on. And they're like, uh, well, it wasn't that bad. You know. <laughs> that, I remember it vividly. We put it on the Crazy Nights records for the first time. I didn't hear anything I liked. Then, of course, Crazy Nights is kind of cool live now, but um, it was, <laughs> it's, you know, Ralph <laughs> Everson. He destroyed that album. Uh, so that was my first disappointment in Kiss. And this was way back. And I'm still here. Yeah, exactly. What he said. Exactly. Sa- same reaction. <laughs> I've, I've given my reaction to the first time I heard Crazy Nights so many times on this show that I really don't. I'm going to start getting post-traumatic stress disorder if I keep going over it. So, <laughs> Ken, what about you? First time uh, you're ever disappointed in Kiss, if ever. Yeah. No, mine was related to kind of yours. Uh it wasn't necessarily the album Crazy Nights, but it was the the show uh, I saw Crazy Nights tour. Um, that was the only time ever that I was disappointed leaving a Kiss show. Um, it was it was uh, I don't know what the heck it, they were on there. Anthrax opened, which I didn't think fit with them. First of all. Where did you see them? Where? I was in San Francisco at the Civic. They called it the, then the San Francisco Civic Auditorium. And um, and I wasn't even that close. And I'm glad I wasn't on the floor where the the mosh pit was going on with when the anthrax was on because they were like going crazy down there, the anthrax people. Um, but, uh, yeah, that show, they were just... I don't know. There was no excitement in it. They looked like they were just going through the motions. They were just going there to get a paycheck. Um, just show up. And it's, it's just, you can, you can just tell it in the, you know, they played the music, but something was missing there. You just could, you could feel it. And, uh, even maybe Paul Stanley's raps were, might've been even shorter on that. I don't know. Not that I, I think I, not that I love his raps when he goes on, um, but uh, it was just it, it was you could just see it, and uh, I, I I left that show of like, and it was short, I believe that was the other thing. I mm-hmm. it was short. That was the other thing. It's like, what the heck? They're you know we're paying this money and they're and they're they're cutting it short. They're not playing you know as many songs, and, and some of the songs they're playing is like, what? Are, why are you, we're you know this song or that song so yeah i was very disappointed uh or maybe it could have been the only time i was disappointed after a kiss show otherwise i've never been really disappointed after kiss show. maybe one other which would have been that one in uh sacramento that i think jillian went to also uh some years ago uh that walk for whatever because they weren't allowed they didn't use any that was the you one know, that there, was like, there was like 200 feet between the front row and the stage for yeah. the VIP tables. <laughs> uh, that was the Rock and Rally uh, uh, in, yeah. in Sacramento. I would have been... 2005 or something. I would have been like row six had it, those tables not been there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just having, nice. having dinner tables in front of a KISS stage. Doesn't make sense. And so, yeah, it was Crazy Nights. So Crazy Nights related to, to yours. It was a very disappointing show. All right, I'm going to jump around a little bit more on these questions uh, as we head towards wrap-up. Um, right. Your fondest memory of KISS? 
you know, what is, what is that one that that's going to make you teary-eyed and melancholy, <laughs> Daniel? Well, the first thing is, of course, the first time you heard a great Kiss song. That's the, the thing I'll always carry with me, I guess, throughout my life. Uh, and for me, it was Heaven on Fire. I've told this story a few times before, but in a tent, in a black cassette, a guy put it on, and I was like, what the hell is this? This is the best thing I've ever heard. So that's one thing. And then, I guess, uh, hearing them live... Uh, fondest memories I, I would have to say seeing them live on the reunion era and even uh, when they were here in uh, over the uh, what's the name of that tour sonic boom over Europe I never heard the croaking from Paul and or anything I, I, I loved it I, I didn't hear him I don't know if he sang bad but no. that's that 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 one was one of my favorites uh, of all time, and I all I liked seeing Eric Singer on the drums. Of course, uh, it was uh, kind of cool. So uh, uh, let's see if I can. I'm not sure if I can do that. Uh, sometimes I go back and watch. I, I I remember filming with my bad mobile at the time uh, a little clip. Uh, attending the concerts and sometimes I go back just to you know like relive the experience and uh, my girlfriend that's at the time she really she really liked that show uh, when we were there and she said man this is some sort of show and that's me rocking out to I was made to loving you back in 2009 <laughs> this is the ending <laughs> not a great quality but i can still get the feeling you know i'm like Ugh. i'm uh, in the heavens and they put on a great show and you know it was a great crowd and um, paul still had it and that's the main thing with kiss when paul started to lose it you know it wasn't really the same band but as long as he, he was able to sing the tunes uh, as they are supposed to sing it was a great band, and uh, I'm a bit drunk here at the end, but uh, <laughs> as you can see that I enjoyed I look like a freak. Ah, oh, it's great. You're having a good time. It, it was amazing, <laughs> uh, I think I'm saying there. So, so uh, li seeing them live and, uh, you know, hearing the first song, that's my greatest memories. Nice. Ken, your fondest memory. I would say it's probably <clears throat> just seeing them for the first time live. Um, again, I, I told that story before where I was, I said I was like sick to my stomach about it. <laughs> you know, uh, where I, my stomach was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm finally going to see them. You know, I can't believe this. You know, I was pretty excited about it. And, and, uh, and I, I said, you know, it was it was kind of like a blur, the whole concert. Uh, it just happened, and I do remember though the the beginning, and you know you wanted the best, you got the best, and so on, and then rising out uh, in the in the uh, uh, the fog, uh, you know, on their pedestals, in in you know like uh, statues with their their capes and so on. Um, it it was just 
really a blur. I had such a great time. It just went by so fast. Uh, but uh, that's something I'll, I'll never forget. Um, like, I still can remember, you know, you know, my friends there. And one of my sisters went also. And uh, we just had a, a great time. And I remember a long line around, I said this before too, in another show, uh, you know, the this, this line when we got there was, you know, it was general admission. There was no reserve, reserve seats for that show. So, but there's a line that was going around the building. Uh, I was like, oh God, you know, but uh, we weren't too far. We were on the floor, um, but not too far back. It was still great. So that was it. That was the big thing. I guess a close second would have been, the, you know, the first time hearing, the, you know, uh, the album uh, out of our friend's house, you know, the rock and roll over when they put that on, that was, would be a, the second one where I was like, like Daniel's like, uh, you know, what is this? You know, it's just like, what is this? You know, I need it now kind of thing. It was so good. So that was it. Nice. Lonnie, how about you? <sighs> this is a tough one. And I've been sitting here like going back and forth. Cause I, I have so many great kiss memories you know, it's it's hard for me to pick one that's my that's my fondest kiss memory. Um, between, you know, Ken talking about the curtain dropping the first time I saw him, you know, and, and there they are, you know, I'm actually seeing them, you know, it was amazing. But if I had to pick one, and it's my favorite kiss memory would be 2009. They played the United Center in Chicago, and they didn't play St. Louis. They tour so my brother and i bought tickets for the show in chicago we had like fifth row on the floor was, you know really up close in front of gene and we drove up there um got to chicago um pretty early we found found the arena and we're gonna go get something to eat before the show and um driving down the streets around the united center we find this bar it says 97.1 The Rock or whatever welcomes Kiss. We're like, oh, well, let's eat there. You know, the radio station would be there. It looks like kind of like a, like a pre-show party. So my brother and I walk in, sit down, you know, order some, some beers and that. And the radio station's there, and they're, they're giving away Kiss tickets like every 10 minutes or whatever. And then, you know, it, it's a cool atmosphere. And then they go, okay, new promotion. Whoever has the most kiss items on them in the next 10 minutes wins meet and greet passes for tonight's show. And I'm, I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, so I run up there and I go, do tattoos count as items? And the guy go, the guy looks at me kind of funny and he goes, sure <laughs> so then I, I go okay one and i go all right two <laughs> and I, you guys will see my avatar on on the on the page you know i show you know my legs with gina paul and i got eric and tommy and ace and and bruce and, and on the other legs and i go okay my shirt um i have a kiss necklace on okay that's another one and i'm just go trying to, and then somehow so i'm in the lead but somehow some guy had more stuff than me and I'm and I'm losing. I'm like, damn it. So I sit back down. I'm all disappointed. And my brother's like, oh, don't worry about it. You just you just did a meet and greet over the summer. You know, you drove to Canada and you had a meet and greet over the summer with them. Relax. Don't worry about it. So I sat there a minute. And I said, you know what? 
I am worried about it. <laughs> and he goes, what are you going to do? Yeah, I said, I got some stuff in the car. Go <laughs> <laughs> in the car. He goes, what? And I go, yeah, I got some CDs. I think I got some more shirts in the car because, you know, we're staying the night tonight. So I got I got some more stuff in the car. I'm going to go to the car and get this stuff and come back and win this thing. And he goes, all right. <laughs> so I dart out of the bar, run to my car. Grab as much shit as I can get out of my car. I come running back in. I got my arms full of shit. Look like I just robbed somebody or something as I'm running down the streets of Chicago, holding <laughs> on to this shit. And I come running back in and I go to the radio station. I go, all right, I got this. I got this. And he goes, all right, dude, you win. <laughs> <laughs> so, great story. So we got. So we got to go meet. So we got, they gave us, you know, the back, they gave us, okay, here's what you do, you know, to get your backstage, you know, to go for the meet and greet, you know. And we didn't have any, we didn't bring anything with us to get signs. So like I went and got like this poster. I bought a poster at a merch stand to give the band the signs. I didn't bring anything because I wasn't planning on meeting them or anything. And then, but like we had our picture with the band, you know, and like, like my brother took a picture with just Gene and myself, with Gene with his arm around me and that. And it was so fantastic you know and then the show was great too right in front of gene you know it was that i think that's my best kiss memory it's just just so and it's a great story so it's just it was just fantastic nice fondest (laughs) memory for me it's got to be marysville or sacramento farewell tour and first time you saw them no no not the first time. Uh, the first time I saw them front row. And yeah. the, the tickets were being delivered uh, to us while we were waiting to head into the venue. And I, if I recall, it was a little mini came zooming around the line, um, Mini Cooper, and out gets Tommy Thayer, hands over the tickets. And I didn't know they were going to be front row, or at least I don't recall that they were going to be front row. So I was like, holy shit. You know, and I didn't know, uh-huh. Tom, didn't really know who Tommy was back then. You know, because he was just the kind of like the the tour production manager Hockey and all boy. that. Uh, <laughs> so, ended up backstage as well before the show and getting to see Gene in his natural environment. But he wears those god awful black leather pants and that blue shirt that he always that kind yeah. of denim colored shirt. Yeah, and he's walking yeah. around with a bowl of cake eating the cake <laughs> without a spoon, just shoving, kind of holding the bowl uh, and eat. Yeah, exactly. Um, complete pig. And Ted Nugent was there with his guys, and he was, like, holding court, and he was all sorts of, well, batshit crazy Ted. There you go. Um, and then after the show, leaving the venue, and Ace comes out and shouts at the guy who I was with, you know, in, in his voice, Ack! you know, you know, just the, that whole thing. And, you know... The experience of seeing Kiss front row, mm. nothing else has ever been good enough afterwards. I mean, it's completely fucking right. ruined my Kiss concert experience. <laughs> I mean, the closest I've ever gotten since then is like fifth row. And everything after eighth row, I'm like, this fucking sucks. These are the worst goddamn seats. In the world. <laughs> you know? but, but seeing them, and it was a good performance that night. Um, or at least in my head it was. You know, I'm sure some people will maybe say, I was at the show, they were fucking shit. Well, I was front row and it wasn't shit. I was just amazed. I could feel the heat of the flames. You know, and I'm always going to have that fond memory of looking up and there's Ace fucking Frelly. You know, Ace. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much in front of Ace. And just to mm-hmm. see him 
wobbling and you know <laughs> just to see all the nuances of the show and and that whole thing i'm i'm always going to be you know happy that i got to experience that once in my my kiss life that i got to see gene eating cake in a bowl without a spoon to <laughs> uh, <laughs> so have had tickets to personally delivered to you uh, by tommy fair um you know they weren't yeah. being delivered to yeah. me they were being delivered to the person i was attending the show with but mm. uh yeah, it was just neat. So, let's wrap up with two cool. quick questions. And there are two questions here. What's the first thing you want Gene Simmons to do when Kiss ends, and also Paul Stanley? So take Gene first, and then do Paul. Ken. First thing Gene Simmons should do when he quits Kiss, I think, uh, I don't know, enjoy his life. You know, enjoy his, <laughs> enjoy his family but the other thing i would like him to do is is finally release his box set of all his demos monster set, since yeah. so far it hasn't come out yet um <clears throat> i'm thinking it might happen after i don't know if it's gonna happen while he's still in kiss i don't know at this point um but they, i would say release the all those demos and other stuff that he may have i mean put this put something together really nice for the fans even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be just his demos. It could be all Kiss's stuff and uh, start work thinking about, you know, special, special things you can give uh, to the fans. Yep. What about Paul Stanley? Uh, Paul Stanley. Again, yeah. Enjoy life. I would think, you know, it depends on if, <laughs> if there's a Kiss point 2.0 or something like that, if they try that. Um, I would like them, you know, if they do it, attempt it with, New guys and and write write the music for them mm-hmm. for that band ah. and and release a new album. Um, maybe even Gene could write stuff too, um, but at least the music would be the right, right style. I would think music um, that they could play and try to if they want to try to continue it like you know Batman goes on and on. <clears throat> Excuse me, goes on and on. You know, uh, you can have a new Batmans that appear in movies and that stuff. Like, the new yeah. actors that play them. It's it's gonna be you know it could be the same thing. It might work. It might not. I mean, a new gener- generation of fans and kids can you know come up. That, uh, maybe they be their first band, their first superhero kind of experience could be Kiss. Um, and so yeah, I would have them write music again. Paul Stanley, you know, just enjoy your life. That's, yeah. that's that's really nice, and you know what? We're never gonna know if Kiss Point 2.0 is gonna work until they've tried it. So, um, who who knows? I'm gonna jump in with mine on there because mine kind of piggybacks onto what you said about Paul Stanley. I want Paul Stanley to be Paul Stanley life coach for bands, to go in and be like you know more than just a manager, be the personal trainer for the vocalist and teach them how to you know pass on his knowledge about stagecraft and presence and songwriting and the, and the whole thing of what Paul Stanley does as a musician, as an entertainer, as a producer. Well, some people may debate producer, but, um, you know, all of his experience, try and pass it on to a new band, whether it's in Kiss 2.0 and he's, you know, really taking the Paul Stanley in 2.0 and helping him or her, who the hell knows, um, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and just do something along those lines. Because I, I don't know if he'll be done with the artistic side when Kiss is over. Um, but, you know, number one, I think for both him and Gene, I want them to rest on their laurels and enjoy, you know, enjoy yeah. life and enjoy not being yeah. on the road and enjoy not being around Kiss fans and the demands and the complaints <laughs> and the bitching and the moaning, you know, mm-hmm. that they have to hear. Gene Simmons, the first thing I want him to do is close his Twitter account. <laughs> you know and 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 just you know and and just put away his book of cliches and genealogy kind of <sighs> phrases i never want to hear fucking gymnasium i never want to yeah. hear powerful and attractive whatever i i yeah. never i never really want to hear any of that shtick again it's like retire it and gene be yourself. Come on. Maybe that is himself. I, I mean, who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I would like him to just put all that away and stop trying to have to prove anything to anyone and know that at the end, he's won. He's won the prize. He's the winner. He's yeah. he's lived. Kiss has ended. He can now shut the door on that. And who knows? Maybe he'll go on tour as a solo artist. I would absolutely love mm. that. I would love to see a Gene Simmons solo mm. tour, not a speaking yeah. tour. I don't want any long-winded no. explanations between songs. I would just like to see what a Gene Simmons solo tour would look like. We know what Paul Stanley's looked like twice. Sure. Right. I want to I see Gene get out there and play his solo album start to finish with a band of quality musicians. <laughs> and uh, his 1978 one, not the other one. Yeah, right. Daniel, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm greedy, but but the first thing I would like them to do is to go on solo tours, both of them. And I would really enjoy uh, Gene Simmons' tour, and I would like him to try to act as he did when he when he did South America a few a few years back. It looked oh, yeah. really good. Maybe he can even wear that uh, Revenge West. Yeah, <laughs> that looks cool. <laughs> so I would like to, and all they play Gene Simmons songs. I mean, there's a lot of Gene Simmons songs that hasn't haven't been played live. Anyway, you slice it. It was a long time we heard "Fits Like a Glove," and uh, <laughs> there's a few other gems there that he could play. And I think the concert would rock. I think it would do an awesome job. Mm. And he doesn't have to. Wear the, the 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 big armor, you know, and he could move around a little bit. But he he should uh, uh, get rid of that blazer that he wears. Something else. Yeah, I mean, he he should definitely dress like he did during Lick It Up again, right? <laughs> maybe <not. laughs> Asylum is better. This, yeah, the B. Arthur experience. Yeah, uh, maybe not. You know, if he if he got that stuff, if he had any of it left over from maybe Hot in the Shade, uh, that would be okay. But yeah. That revenge look would probably be best without the goatee yeah. and the, the the shit. So yeah. Lonnie. Yeah. Well, actually, you uh, you said Paul Stanley solo tour, right? Well, Dan- I'd like to see. Yeah, Dan- Daniel. Daniel did. Lonnie, what about you for both Gene? And I'd Paul? like. I, you kind of saw what I was going to say about Gene. I wish when when Gene Simmons uh, stops touring with Kiss, I wish that Gene would stop appearing on CNN and. MSNBC and Fox News and keep his mouth shut and not embarrass me anymore because he does stuff like that and then people are like, well, aren't you a Kiss fan? Yeah, yeah, I am. So I, I wish that Gene would just just retire, you know, from from that whole social media and being on TV all the time and just just be yourself, like like Julian said. And you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Gene Simmons solo tour. I think it'd be interesting to see. 
what that would what that would look like and you know but and and paul i don't think we're i think when when kiss ends i don't know how much we're going to get out of paul because paul's really really into being you know uh, the family man that he is and being there for his kids and i think when when kiss calls a day paul stanley might really retire from the public eye and you know maybe you know maybe do those kiss um expos that that keith puts on in indianapolis and maybe connect with the fans once a year or something and and, and sign some autographs and you can still make a good profit off of doing st- something like that you know you can charge whatever you want people are going to pay it uh, obviously so you know, I, I think that might be a good thing for them, and just you know, just remember. I mean, they're put, they're they're approaching. Gene's approaching seventy years old. And we don't have a whole lot longer before things that we're talking about about this are are a reality. Yep. As long as they enjoy life. Exactly. That, that's, yeah. that's the important thing, and they've got their health to enjoy it. But that's the I think the most important thing. Well, gentlemen, I think that takes us to the end of this interrogation. It's uh, been a good bunch of questions, and for everyone who's listening, you know, we'd love for you to chime in with, you know, your responses to a lot of the questions that we've asked today, because obviously uh, we've had some similar answers, but we've had a lot of diverse responses to what we've been talking about today. So come on the FAQ message board, find the uh, the sticky for this topic, uh, post on the YouTube link or on Facebook as well, and uh, you know, let us know what you think. But uh, for us, for Ken, for Daniel. Did you do your other eye? <laughs> you did. I thought you were busy doing some arts and crafts there. And Lonnie, <laughs> thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again. 